Now then, welcome back to Rare Eddie One Talks podcast. I'm your host, Rare Eddie One, and welcome. I hope you are having a fantastic and brilliant weekend. I am having an awesome weekend. I'm here hanging out with you guys, chilling out with you guys, and it's absolute bloody awesome. Today's episode is episode 29, and we are going to be discovering the Philadelphia Experiment. True or false? Now, I will try and get into my thoughts at the end, but you know me, I will interrupt myself all the time, all the time, and uh, hopefully I will try and limit that to the end. If you are new here, welcome. Normally, I film these on a Saturday night. Yes, I said film. I do film these as well, and I do put them up on YouTube and Rumble. Not straight away. I, I, the podcast is my baby, um, but they do go up on YouTube and Rumble like a few weeks. Well, I say a few weeks later. It, I've been I've been a little bit behind on putting videos on YouTube on uh, from Rare One Talks, um, but I will um, put some more um, in because I've got a backlog. Of, I've got a backlog. I have a whole load I need to put up there and put on. Um, but I do normally drink on these, and I do normally film them on a Saturday night. Today is Sunday. <laughs> I am drinking pop yet again. I had a, another, another heavy, heavy weekend. Saturday, day drinking in the one and only Grimsby. Grimsby town of all places. Great weekend absolute great weekend um but yeah so i could i hope you can join me in having a drink could be like me having a pop could be a hard working glass of water could be a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or it could be some some hard if you're having some hard have one for me please so all you guys a big shout out to all you guys you know that have been interacting with me it's been absolute awesome you guys are legends and please check out my youtube and rumble channel if you haven't subscribed there hit the like button and all that sorts um and the same again with the podcast whatever podcast provider you are listening to hit that follow button leave me a re review that would be absolutely awesome if you want me to read it out i will read it out if you don't want me to read it out just put don't read out and i won't um uh, but let, like, like i said let's kick on with today's today's show the Philadelphia Experiment. Viewer discretion is advised. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about some CIA conspiracies, some naval conspiracies, some this sort of conspiracy, and this is very heavily linked with Project Montauk, or Montauk Project, and and the Midnight Climax. It's Midnight Climax actually happened. These two... Project Montauk and Philadelphia Experiment. I don't, I don't generally buy into these two. Um, last week's episode, Project Montauk. If you're not listening to it, go back, hit pause on this, and go and listen to Project Montauk, and uh, let me know your thoughts on that one. But again, interesting stories, really interesting stories. I would love them to be true. I really would. I really would. But. It's looking doubtful. It really is looking doubtful, but let's get into... Let me pull up some of my notes um, on the Philadelphia experiment. Like I said, Project Montauk, last week's episode, we uh, featured a couple of people... Oh, wrong one. 
Oh, I don't say I've deleted it. I think I've I've closed it off like some twat I am. Um, but it featured heavily um, Duncan Cameron and Al Bielik. Um Oh, what was his name? Al Bielik. He he went by another name. I can't I can't quite think of his name. Like I said, this this does heavily involve the two the two so-called brothers from the Montauk project, Al Bielik and Duncan Cameron. They were supposedly hit the switches in the um, control room of the USS Elderidge, and uh, that's yeah. And we have that connection. This story is connected. Some it is it is connected. You can't really tell one without the other. Um, but like I did go over Montauk last week. If you if you're interested, go and listen to it. That it's a good episode. Um, but let's get into it. There has been claims that in October 1943, the USS Elderidge, a US Navy destroyer, turned invisible and teleported from Philadelphia to Norfolk. However, veracity of these claims is still in question. Is it really? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let, let me continue. From what I have heard, but I, I've been listening to a lot of documentaries, a lot of podcasts, a lot everything about this. Nerd! Um, it's so interesting. It's, and generally the same, like I said, I've already, I've already inter- interrupted myself with my own thoughts. But the, the general gist of it is that the general outcome we we always arrive at is it's just a story at the end of the day it's a great story but it's just a story now like i said i would love to uh for you know a few years down the line and say yeah this is this is correct this did happen um there there is a lot of there's a lot in this story that adds what there's a lot of real things what happened um, throughout the story, throughout the uh, um, this story, that you you do question you like, well, this, it sounds like it could be true because, like we found out in Midnight Climax, this the CIA and the government and you know the military, the armed forces were doing this sort of shit to their to civilians, to their own personal, to their personal staff, to their high. Um, high level officers they were doing all this sort of crap to it to them so it it's sort of like yeah this could actually be real but again going through Project Montauk and then going through this there's so many holes in the story so many holes in this story and you're like yes yes I was listening to someone I can't quite remember the documentary um to actually give it credence um but he was saying i think this was a few years this documentary was a few years ago but it it, something with this and i think he was sort of in between the the false and the fiction and um the false and the truth sorry um because he said both story you know there's a couple of stories and generally the, the meat in the middle um I, I would love to, I think he's, he's, I think he's passed away now, but I would love to get his thoughts on it because everything that's still, that keeps coming out and would he be more of a believer or would he be like, yeah, 
I fucked up with that documentary. Uh, but anyway, let, if I if I come across it, I will put it in the show notes. I will highlight it, and hopefully, hopefully, I find it. I will look up. I'm not going to spend two hours looking at looking for it. If if I find it, I find it. If I don't, I don't. I do apologize. Um, but if you're interested, get in touch with me, and I will search it for you. Um, but anyway, from what I've heard, the Philadelphia experiment went something like this. So, admits the bustling activities in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in 1943. So, this was, you know, World War II was going on. So, yes, they were trying to, they were trying to build ships to help with the war effort, to help, because um, I think the Nazis were actually uh, dominating the, the Atlantic. Um, they were dominating it, and these... We needed to, especially the US, needed to come up with some sort of uh, workaround so they could get an edge on the Nazis. Um, but so, so in 1943, a brand new destroyer. So I have heard, I've heard a couple of. This is a new destroyer. This is also a a a cannon. Um, I can't think of it. I can't think of what the ship is. Some a cannon ship. Uh, but I've since been on like the the website of naval the naval website and it is um, classed as a naval destroyer. The USS Eldridge was being fitted with a series of mysterious and intriguing devices. The most notable among them were highly classified generators that were shrouded in secrecy, capable of rendering the entire ship invisible to enemy detection the existence of such um, advanced technology had the potential to turn the tide of the war and uh, secure a str strategic advantage for the united states navy i will get into my thoughts at the end um I know I, I've put the I've put my thoughts on on this uh, new cl highly classified generators in my notes, um, but I will get to that. As the crew, so it is known when they were performing this experiment, it had a skeleton crew on. It had a skeleton crew. It had the two brothers from the Montauk Project, Al Bielik and Duncan Cameron. One a highly a highly um a psychic mate he was a highly um psychic um I'm, I'm not getting into last week's episode um please go over it and listen to it but he was a psychic he he they they made the montauk chair and he could create stuff out of his mind a little bit like is that project has a lot of stranger things so if you've seen strange things you'll know what i'm talking about um but the, them two brothers were hi highly involved in it i've not added him into my notes um because i did touch on this experiment in last week's episode um so the crew so as as the crew installed the final generators they prepared for the system test on a clear summer's day in in philadelphia uh, in the naval shipyard the generators were turned on by the brothers and a green 
Greenish, bluish glow surrounded the ship. Suddenly, to the crew's surprise, the ship vanished before their eyes witnessed in and around a reported scene. So witnesses around the area, there's other ships docked in the, uh, in this shipyard in Philadelphia um, that were dry docked to the you know, witnesses seeing the Elderidge uh, disappear and then reappear in a naval shipyard in Norfolk, Virginia, hundreds of miles away. And it's it was reportedly to stay stay there for a few minutes, you know, under 10 minutes, I think it was reported. And then it disappeared and then it reappeared back in Philadelphia. So, you know, in a matter of like 10 minutes, it, it appeared... It, it appeared in Norfolk and then a few minutes later it disappeared and and was back in Philadelphia and and there is there, there's said to be a few witnesses that have witnessed this event there's a you know the, it it sounds although the naval the naval report is said that uh, the Elderidge used a naval shipping canal so if the ship was going to just go from philadelphia to norfolk virginia it said it would have taken six to twelve hours six to twelve hours journey um and it said there's some reports it used this naval canal a uh, naval shipping canal which would have taken it a couple of hours um so a couple of hours from 10 minutes is is it's not it's not likely is it um but there is also reports of this the elderage not even being in philadelphia at this time it's also reported that this ship was in a new york um naval um shipyard um brooklyn i i, I seem to recall um so but let me continue my notes. Crew members on board a ship reported experiences nausea, insanity, and burn marks. Some claim to have fallen through floors and walls during the, the ship during the time the ship was was um, in the green mist and, and teleporting from one place to another. A couple of people jumped off and time travelled. Um. A couple of people, when they when they returned back for Philadelphia, were alive in bulkheads. Were alive, had um, body parts in a wall. People were running around on fire. <laughs> um, people were just absolute acting insane. Caught. <laughs> so, another little thought. I've not put this down. This has just popped into my head. So, could. That green bluish glow could that be LSD produced into the air and seeing what the crew members might have done and this is not obviously not the melt molting into the walls and falling through floors but could this be a um oh, I'm, I'm, my bloody mind has gone such a brain fart is this could this have been what happened to all these guys after a massive amount of LSD into their systems? Who knows? Um, others 
and it also said some were missing like I said a couple jumped off the ship um, others said they were entirely embedded within the metal structures of the ship and had rematerialized re- re- inside out or not at all so some people were on running around on fire some people were running around inside out <laughs> like the uh, episode of the simpsons it was a uh, treehouse of horror episode where there's a toxic gas that renders whoever breathes in this toxic gas renders their renders a person inside out uh, <laughs> a great episode of the simpsons Um, but yeah, that's, it is a treehouse of episode, a treehouse of horror episode. You breathe this gas in and you get turned inside out. And uh, by sounds of it, this is what happened to some of the crew, some of the poor, poor crew on the US Elderidge. Um, however, despite the numerous accounts, the story has never been confirmed by official sources. That's it. This, well, saying that, would official sources really want to claim this really want to put this down on paper i don't think so the yes that they've come out and say yeah um midnight climax was a real thing nk ultra was a real thing but this sounds like you know for the people involved this sounds absolute horrible absolute terrifying absolute world ending um I think of, um, I, I just think of Horrent Horizon, great film, absolute awesome film, Sam Neill, um, Lawrence Fishburne, fucking awesome film, I really want to see the director's cut, I really want to see the cut, that's, that was too extreme for audience, I really want to see that cut, um, so, so, let's, um, let's, let's continue the story but at the beginning of the philadelphia experiment the story of the philadelphia experiment has been around for decades well it was in the 40s so yeah duh um but much of what is known is based on speculation among many stories and details shared over the years only a few things are certain so another little another little side path on this path of the philadelphia experiment i've just quickly gone down this little side path i really should start calling my um sorry off topic i really should start calling um my topics paths um because i do go down a path but i do generally veer off veer off onto little paths it will always take me back to the main path but i do generally veer off and now i've forgotten my point <laughs> i have forgotten my point no the point has come back to me thankfully the point has come back to me thankfully i get one of them for myself <laughs> well done me um but yes listening to a lot of podcasts this experiment also in involves somehow the dulce base so this base in in new mexico is said to be 12 floors um 12 levels down and each level supposedly get crazier and crazier because uh, going through the philadelphia experiment you we do talk, we I, we will discuss phil schneider 
who is said to have battled a couple of aliens, lost half his hand um, to an alien grey in the Dulce base. Um, is this where to take the crazy too? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so you, you got you got Montauk, you got Project Montauk, you got the Dulce base, you got the Philadelphia Experiment, you got Project uh, Midnight Climax, you got MK Ultra. They're all sort of um, they all not overlap, but they all connect somehow. Will we get to the bottom of it, folks? I hope so. But one of the one of these things is that Morris K. Jessup. An astronomer author who specialised in the uh, propulsion of unidentified flying objects, UFOs, to you and me, um, received letters from a man named a uh, received letters from a man named Carlos Allende, also known as Carl Allen. This guy wrote a few letters to this guy. Three different names or three different um, types of letters or quite possibly four, but Allende claimed to have witnessed a secret experiment in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. So, according to Allende's letter, he was aboard the SS Andrew Fusilier Fusif in the Philadelphia in 1943 when he saw naval ship USS Eldridge become invisible reappear in virginia so i don't know how he saw that disappear again and then reappear back at the philadelphia naval shipyard he also claimed that the experiment was proof of einstein's unified field theory which he is said he learned from the which he said he learned from the experiment from from einstein um, Jessup tried to investigate Allende's incredible claims, but he couldn't find any physical evidence to support them. In the end, he dismissed, uh, dis dismissed it, Allende as a fool. So he dismissed Allende as a fool. So the conspiracy that is the Philadelphia experiment is born. In 1955, Morris K. Jessup, the astronomer, researcher, he wrote a book titled The Case for the UFO, where he discussed the possibility of UFOs flying. Two years later, he was co contacted by the ONR, or the Office of Naval Research. This is actually true. This actually happened. This actually happened. This is true. With a strange report, the ONR had... So this is actually in... You can go back in the ONR, and this is a real thing. This actually happened. Um, had received a copy of, of his book, which contained annotations in three different handwritings, one of which was believed to belong to Alan, or Allende. Um... Um, Jessup saw all three writings and said this looks exactly like um, Allende and it didn't dismiss it because the ONR were at his door um, 
So the notes claim to have been an advanced understanding of physics and extraterrestrial technology. Experts believe that the annotator was not a native English speaker because of their uncommon use of capitalization and punctuation. Jessup himself believed that the annotations were the works of Alande or Alan, the mysterious letter writer who contacted contacted him earlier. The annotators discussed the merits of Jessup's claim and made multiple references to the Philadelphia experiment. How the ONR received this book, um, Jessup's book, they received a package and in the package on the package it said happy easter and then they opened the package and it was it was um jessup's book and and free writing a lot of notes in the book and the two officers wanted to report um to investigate for some reason that are still unclear the onr decided to publish the 127 copies of the annotated book which were instantly dubbed the vero editions after the their publisher vero manufacturer this gave new life to the story of the philadelphia experiment this is why a lot of people actually maybe believe this because why are these onr officers why are these office of naval research investigating this claims of um, claims of these two being huge fans of, of Jessup is is up there that we can't dismiss that these two reportedly went on um, paid holiday to investigate this claim this so so which isn't un, which isn't uncommon for naval research officers to do um you know, could they have got a holiday out of it? You know, you know, a expensive holiday out of this. Who knows? Who knows their their motivation for this? Um, but it is so. It is claimed that they they did do it off their own backs, basically. Um, with knowing military and and the armed forces, they would have got all expensive paid um, trip. Um, met one of their favourite authors. Maybe got a couple of signed copies. That you can't, you can't not talk about that. But we've also got to acknowledge that these two ONR officers, you know, actually did this, and so that gives it more credence. There is lack of evidence on with this story. So apart from Elende's Allen uh, claims and the Verero annotations or reports of philadelphia experiment have been uncorroborated and considered a hoax or brushed aside as the claims simply do not conform to the laws of physics the government organizations that that were alleged involved declare that it never happened and indeed no documents have ever been found Truly a mysterious annotated manuscript of Jessup's book seemed to be the only written mention of the Philadelphia experiment. 
Over the years, the Philadelphia experiment has become somewhat of a gambit amongst conspiracy theorists, me included. <laughs> Everyone has their own version of events or explanations as to what could have happened, have caused the alleged disappearance and teleportations of the entire naval destroyer, ranging from government uh, contact with aliens to paranormal interference. The sole fact that Carlos Allende seemed to be the only witness to such a large-scale event seemed to hold most right-minded people back from believing the story. However, in 1988, Allende was joined by another witness, a, na a man named Al Bielik. He came forward in 1988, four years after the Hollywood film. The Hollywood got their hands on this book and made a film, a same name, Philadelphia Experiment, um, and released it as a movie. And a few years later, I think it was released in 83, 84. So four years after the movie was released, uh, Bielik had claimed to have seen it and he started getting memories back like we discussed last week he started getting memories he repressed memories um come back to him and he claimed he was there Beelik claimed he was on board the Elderidge when it disappeared like i said he was one of the main part main components of the experiment itself he was one of the guys that flicked switch so he was on board as the elder ridge when it disappeared and that he had been brainwashed to forget it he it was only upon seeing the movie's depiction of the event that the memories flooded back even though there were now two men who claimed to have first-hand knowledge of the test the idea that it was a hoax still dominated conversations about the philadelphia experiment so a, 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 among some of the claims as well during this is al bielik and his brother jumped off the side um while it whilst it was teleporting or um, going through a wormhole or being in this green mist jumped off and as they was jumping, they was expected to hit the water, but they just kept falling. Um, they both um, time travelled forward a hundred and a couple of hundred years. Um, it's claimed that Bielik was uh, a couple of hundred years, and he woke up in a hospital bed. Um, a lot of America was disappeared florida disappeared california was more islands the great lakes of america were just one massive lake um there was no there was no sort of civilization around it, it was more smaller packs they were all like smaller smaller packs rather than huge nations they were they were sort of um ruled um little but nation by little nation so not ruled by one massive like us or great britain or uh, france or germany just like little little townships um and then as he was sort of recovering it, a few hours later he teleported once again or time traveled once again to 23 um i'm just going off my memory um he teleported a few years um, 
a few hundred years um, where where we had evolved into something different. We were we claimed to be sort of um, perfect. I think he says um, that AI AI was running the show. Basically, we were just um, drones. Um, basically, drones. We free food, free everything. Um, AI took control of. We were we were apparently living in floating cities. He Albilic became a a um, a tour advisor. Um, a tour advisor is that the word I'm looking for? A guy who who goes on who shows you around. So you got you're on the bus in London and you got your tour guide, tour guide. And he, he was a tour guide. Um, it was claimed um, he didn't get paid for it. No one got paid. Um, your All your needs were met. And because the population was down to 500 million, apparently, and AI, AI took uh, control of everything. And he was trying to ask them questions of how the AI got this advanced and no one knew. No one knew. Um, so yeah, Al Bielik is, is involved in this. Likewise, his brother, um, the guy from Montauk, um, the only reason why this ship teleported because 40 years apart from, from another, they had like a time, I can't remember what they call it now. They said it was a time, um, both times were connected somehow, and once they flipped the switch, they flipped the switch in 1943. They sw- flipped the switch in 83, and everything happened. And the, the U.S. Elder Ridge um, time disappeared, teleported in in Virginia, and and uh, Duncan Cameron created a massive monster. <laughs> um, um, like I said, go. Go back to last week's episode and check out um, Project Montauk. I did go off a bit of a tangent there, but there's another and another couple of things. What happened was a couple of naval and a couple of naval seamen, <laughs> seamen, um, disappeared from a bar in Virginia, in Norfolk, Virginia, and they just disappeared. Now, the story behind that. These two seamen, seamen, <laughs> 69, um, scissoring. Oh, we're scissoring. Uh, these two seamen were underage. They apparently joined the naval, um, the, the Navy, and they were underage. And so whilst they were in the bar, they, they shouldn't have been in the bar because they were underage. And apparently the bar manager knew about this. A massive fight broke out. And obviously the military police, the police were on the way. So the 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 manager at the bar knew these two were underage. So he escorted them out the end, uh, the back, and that's how they disappeared. And and like I said, that's how they disappeared. And there is a few other stories, but I can't quite. And there is a few other ones. If you really want to go down that rabbit hole, it's it's a good rabbit hole to go down, but. I believe it's more as a story rather than real events. Um, so 
a sensible explanation what really happened, what went on, what went on behind the scenes of the USS Elderidge. Today, most people tend to believe the explanation given by Edward Dugan, or Dugan, I think it's Dugan, a former Navy electrician. In the summer of 1943, he was stationed near the US Elderidge, USS Elderidge, according to Dugan, Generators were placed on both the Elderidge and sh and his ship, the USS Enstrom, to make the ships undetected by magnet magnetic torpedoes um, fired by German U-boats. This process was known as degaussing um, or degaussing, um, and the term "invisible" refers to the the ship's ability to avoid these magnet magnetic torpedoes um, and detections um, by radar so this is probably the truth of it um, the Navy were probably trying to make it invisible but in make it invisible to magnetic torpedoes to radar systems uh, and, and not a physical and not its physical appearance so the word invisible means I guess in in armed terms, armed forces term to make um, so radar doesn't see uh, magnetic torpedoes don't detect you and and that's 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 probably the case. What really happened? Dugan also had a logical explanation for the ship's greenish bluish glow and appearance in Norfolk, Virginia. I did actually touch on this earlier. He attributed the glow to a lightning-like pheno phenomenon called St. Elmo's Fire. Awesome fucking song. Awesome song. As for a as for the ship's sudden appearance in Virginia before quickly reappearing in Philadelphia, Dugan suggestion that inland canals that were only limited to naval uh, all the armed forces so no personal ships um, you know, no uh, commercial ships could use these canals it was just purely naval ships armed forces ship um so i actually put it there which were off limits to civilians could and this shortened the 2j two-day uh, commercial journey to a six hours i fucked that up earlier <laughs> um Although I had heard this journey, it could, if you really go in, could be um, na nailed down to a two-hour journey. Despite Dugan's excellent explanation of the Philadelphia experiment, some still choose to believe the more exciting version. Technically speaking, there is no proof of either story since there are no official document documents explaining what transpired the uss so like i said the uss elderidge was i think there is um documents saying it was actually in 1943 was actually based in brooklyn but i also heard and seen a lot that it was actually being built in philadelphia and it wasn't yet built um i tend to go down the new uh, the new york the brooklyn one um but after after this exciting experiment the USS Elderidge was then transferred uh, transferred to the Greece 
and and it was renamed um, H.S. Leon. It was used in exercises. It was used in the uh, Mediterranean um, during the Cold War, and and then it was scrapped. It was sold for scrap metal in the nineties. Apparently, uh, that's the official version. It was sold, but apparently, it was actually given to Dulce, um, and they used it as as like a bomb. Uh, they were using it as um, a test piece, and a lot of it's actually apparently buried in the New Mexico desert. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Although, saying the Dulce base, I actually do believe in the Dulce base. I will get into that. Um, that probably won't be for a few weeks because um, there's a hell of a lot around the Dulce base and Phil Schneider. But I will get into it. Um, but my general thoughts on this is a hell of a story. I've not yet seen the film, but I will see the, the film in the 80s. Um... And apparently there was another film in the late two or early 2000s that did horribly. Um, I think the, the Philadelphia Experiment, the 80s film, actually didn't do too bad. Some, some may call it a cult classic. Oh, I've fucking done something again and it's fucked me over. <laughs> oh, it's fucking Jack, P, Jack TPT, you'd fucking come up. I'm not paying for that shit. <laughs> Um, but yes, these two stories, the Philadelphia Experiment and Project Montauk, go hand in hand. And my thoughts go in hand in hand, generally. I do not believe in this in either case. Both are fantastic stories. I would love them to be real. I really, really, really would love them to be real. But there's so many holes in this story. So many holes. And I generally don't think this is a real case. Let me know your thoughts. If you are a believer, let me know your thoughts. Um, let me... Uh, I would love to love to hear him. I really would. But like I said, I don't believe it. I think this is a nothing burger. I think this is someone who who had a hero complex... Um, another, another thing, sorry, I, I did forget, um, it, I didn't put, I don't know why I didn't put this in my note, it's just popped up in my head. Another, another thing that gives this credence, um, this story credence is after the, the two, um, naval, um, where is it, um, the, after the two office of naval research, um, visited, uh, Jessup, Morris K. Jessup, a few years later, he he sort of killed himself. I know I I meant to put it down, but yeah, he he apparently um, committed suicide. Maybe if I do this, actually, um, sorry, let me quickly do something before I um. So, Jessup was apparently um. So after the the two officers of naval research Jessup um, attempted to make a living in writing and he um, he didn't quite make it which made him um, somewhat unstable some 
um, um, uh, depression, really severe depression, and he. So an, another another thing what gives this story a little bit more um, credence is that Jessup uh, was found um, killed. He, he he was found dead inside his car. Um, with a hose from the exhaust into the rear window of the vehicle, um, which which filmed, and his death was ruled as suicide. But it's not. It's not. Um, yes, he he was suffering from depression. He was he was down. He, but this, and and a lot of cases that I've seen, a lot of. Um, what documentaries and podcasts I've watched and heard that was this was a technique um, used by the military and the um, the armed forces. Um, so maybe he did get you know you know be quiet, else we're going to do something to you. And maybe he he wasn't. Maybe he was going full full force ahead, and and they killed him. Um, but that's a, another thought. Um, that actually happened um, oh yeah so that is another thing why people think this actually happened but maybe he was just depressed and sad but you know it does happen unfortunately very sad let me know your thoughts so my my thought my general thought on this is great story fucking awesome story but it's not true it's not true uh, parts of it is probably true well not parts quite a bit of it is true like the the officers of naval uh, the ONR officers actually visit Jessup Jessup actually killed himself um, the USS Eldridge was a, in a experiment but with the degaussing experiment um, to make it invisible to magnetic torpedoes Um but the general story of it, of it being teleported into Norfolk and, you know, a couple of, and its crew on the ship, a couple of them time traveling, a couple of them, a few of them being molded to the ship, a couple of them uh, returning inside out, a couple of them running around on fucking fire, running around on fire. <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Although if it did happen, fuck me, that's scary as shit. Maybe what happened is, like I said earlier in my thoughts, maybe the the armed forces, the military, the CIA, released a gas of LSD around the ship to see what their um, seamen were going to do. See what kind of stories their seamen were going to come up with. We know the the CIA used LSD on on people of the public and on their own um, and on their own people. So yeah, I could believe that. I really could believe that because the the armed forces CIA were fucked up and still are. Um, who knows what the Russians were getting up to back then? Who knows? But let me know your thoughts, guys. Let me know your thoughts on this uh, case, on the Philadelphia Experiment. Did you enjoy this um, case? If you did, please leave me a review. 
if you are watching this on YouTube and Rumble, smash that like button and please subscribe to me. That would be absolute fucking awesome. You guys are legends. If you are listening to me on whatever podcast provider you are listening, hit that follow button. That would be awesome. You guys and you guys are legends and you all get one of these and one of these. Hey, no, actually, you all get one of these. Certified badass. Thank you. And uh, let's continue this pathway. Let's continue to see what um, side alleyways we can get down and go down. And uh, we'll we'll see if we can get uncover some truths. Like Fox Mulder, the truth is out there. And the truth is out there. So let's go see if we can get at it. This has been Ready One Talks. This has been episode 29 of the Philadelphia Experiment. I've been your host, Ready One. Stay naughty, stay rude, but more importantly, stay fucking filthy. I will see you next week. Peace.